episode of Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your sister co-host, Elizabeth Connor. I'm your brother co-host, Thomas Dempsey. Ah. All right. Yep. So, Thomas, yeah. what's been going on since, since our last, last recording? We recorded. Well, uh, as listeners will recall, uh, last time we recorded, we were just a couple days out from a big family trip, uh, before which I had officially resigned from my job or finished up my uh, stint at that job and uh, didn't really f- start feeling like I was off work while on vacation but uh, have been feeling more of that uh, in the intervening weeks and you know just sort of been making myself productive around the house uh, first big thing I did was got rid of the couch the my old couch that I've had in my bedroom for the last several years. Oh, you got rid of it? Yeah, I, we donated it to like a, a charity uh, down the road that accepts oh, furniture okay. and stuff. But to give people an idea, it's like a love seat. It's like a two-seater. And uh, I bought it at a yard sale in Atlanta for like 20 bucks back mm-hmm. in 2013. So I've definitely gotten my use out of it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I really love that. I really love that little couch. It was it was nice. It was very. It was had like kind of the cult coarse upholstery, which I feel like you kind of like for a, uh, for that kind of like piece of furniture. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it my room was just way too small for it, and we didn't have any place for it in the living room right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I didn't didn't want it to be like one of those things where we keep it just to keep it. I'm sort of in in trying to inculcate a sense of like not holding on to something that I'm never going to use or like it's going to be of relatively uh, little. I don't know. Anyway, it was sort of bittersweet, but all the same, I was happy to have my floor space freed up of been doing a good bit of interior decorating over here okay and uh got my i know w- mom told me you vacuumed out your windows yeah i did that the other day and i've been having them open in the opening during the daytime to sort of air out the room mm-hmm. and the cats have just been in love with that because oh i'm sure i've got my bed set up against the window now and they just climb up on there and hang out yeah that's that's another thing. I think ever since we boarded them, uh, our three house cats have gotten much more like friendly with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they'll still chase each other around and play, but it feels like just being holed up in close quarters for those like six days or so sort of instilled mm-hmm. a greater sense of uh, community with them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're doing good, and uh, yeah, I've been helping out another uh, helping out around the house, various things. Uh, got a spare tire put on Grandma's car. Uh, a few days back, I guess we'll look into maybe getting it fixed up or traded off one. Okay. So yeah, just a and a bunch of stuff like that. I know in the days to come, we're gonna go over and start cleaning out her kitchen. Uh, something we've been meaning to get around to for a while, but, uh, okay. yeah, looking forward to it. 
And as long as yeah. I'm doing that, I haven't really been getting b right back into like a job search, as it were. I've got enough in savings, I think, to last me a little bit. So I'm just going to keep occupied, do work I feel is valuable, and just see what happens. Okay. So how about with you? It's been a couple weeks. Let's see here. So we recorded on my birthday. That's right. Um, my husband's or Brian's birthday is the day after mine. So immediately, so like the next day after we recorded, we went over to his grandfather's house because Brian and his grandfather share a birthday. Oh yeah. Um. So we like and we and like the boys were there too. So we did like a birthday dinner, um, or like birthday hangout type thing, and that was nice. Yeah, so we celebrated birthdays, um, and then it's just kind of been, I don't know, just like going to work and hanging out and, I mean, nothing like earth shattering, really. Okay. How's Violet um, doing? She's doing good. Violet's doing good. Uh, she is starting she she can get up on the couch by herself now oh yeah so she has not been able to get up on the couch independently or really at all since she first got hurt in may okay and within the last two weeks um she can now get up on the couch by herself and like you know get comfortable that's good yeah Happy um potato got fixed i remember that um, that was not nearly as like traumatic as like when Bernie got fixed. A because Potato's a boy. Uh, yeah. But I mean, like, like we brought him home and he was just, I mean, like perfectly normal. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just different with certain cats. Um. I'm in the process of planning my first field trip ever. Oh, wow. That's exciting. So, and a lot has changed since we were in school, let me tell you. Oh, sure. Because, um, like, you know, the, the field trip I'm planning is for, like, my little, is for the honor choir at my school. And it's, it's nothing super earth shattering where the plan is to go to a couple, like, some nursing homes or in the community and, like, sing our Christmas program for them. Okay. Um, so anyway, that's the plan. And, you know, I just remember like being a kid, like in band, like in middle school and stuff and like getting to go, like getting to go off campus and do cool things. And like you, and like the, you know, the band director or whoever would always take you by like a restaurant and you'd get to like, I don't know, go eat McDonald's with your friends. And yeah, that was, you know, that was like the, the best part of the trip course that was more uh middle school high school thing for us than elementary yeah it was um so anyway i was reading over like the field trip packet which by the way there's a ton of paperwork you have to do oh i'm sure and part of it was like you have to account for food so i emailed the principal and i was like well this was kind of my idea and i was just gonna have the parents like send their kids with money like, can we do that? Do I actually have to take the money up first? And she was like, no, you have to take the money up first. You can't just, like, send the kids into McDonald's with 10 bucks. Right. So I'm like, oh, okay. So 
Um, and also, you have to have the field trip paperwork turned in a month ahead of time. So I've basically got to have it turned in by the end of this week. Okay. Hope it goes well. Um, I'm sure it will. Thanks. We... The saga of my freaking earbuds continues. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get those uh, sorted up? Okay. So here's here's what happened since our last recording. So we recorded two weeks ago, and I thought I had put my earbuds back in the case, put the case in my purse. Well, then I took Violet to, like, the local walking trail um, mm-hmm. one Sunday, and I went to go get my earbuds out so I could, like, listen to music or listen to a podcast or something. I pull the case out of my purse. My earbuds are not in it. Okay. And I'm like, I have no recollection of where I could have put the earbuds, if not in this case. So, that night, I'm kind of, like, trying to figure out where they are. Well, I, And I, I do find one, and I currently have it in my ear. But I did find one. It was, like, next to the leg of my bed like on my side of the bed and I was like okay I must have put the earbuds like on the bed forgot about them and then went to sleep and they fell off the bed right so I found one and then the day after that I saw a potato playing with something and it was the like the rubber part that like fits inside your ear yeah it was the rubber part to the other one I haven't found the other one yet but I know it's around here somewhere because the cats took the rubber part off. Okay. So, um, it's like, a, we've got like a month until Thanksgiving, basically. Alright. So I need to like, get to cleaning my house, so I'm hopefully, so hopefully I will find it in the process of cleaning the house. Yeah, alrighty. Hmm. Um, so that is the saga of the earbuds. Brian and I started watching uh, the Dahmer series on yeah, Netflix. I've been hearing about it. Brian was like, like we watched the first two episodes, and at first Brian was like, I can't, I can't finish this. Oh, yeah. Like I can't watch the rest of this. Like this is like just too, like this is too creepy. Because he, okay, so here's the thing. I thought all of the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff happened like before we were born. Oh, okay. I thought it happened in the seventies. Right. I had no idea it didn't go down until the the 90s. Oh, wow. It was the 90s? It was the 90s. Like, he got caught in maybe 91. Oh, wow. And I don't... I think he was killed in 94. Okay. So, I mean, like, we were young. Like, we were still, like, toddlers. Yeah. But Brian, who was seven years older than me, like, he was in, like, elementary school. So, like, he remembers kind of when the news broke. Okay. And I was just like, I thought all this happened in, like, the 70s or, like, early 80s. And he was like, he was like, oh, no. Like, I was was in, like, late elementary school when this happened or when it first came out. You sort of conflate uh, various, there's so many serial killer shows now that you just sort of lump them together. So, you're probably, like, conflating Mindhunter. What? I said you were probably conflating it with Mindhunter, which takes place in, like, the 60s. No, like, it. I, I legit thought Jeffrey Dahmer... I did not think that Jeffrey Dahmer happened in my lifetime. Oh, uh, okay. I legit thought Jeffrey Dahmer happened in the 70s or early 80s, before well, I was born. That's what I mean. Well, okay. I guess what I mean is, like, the popular... 
like mythology about serial killing stuff like uh i don't know um, the manson family and what have you that was uh-huh. all happening in like the 60s and 70s and yeah. so you probably since Dahmer was like a famous serial killer you probably lumped it in with all that yeah okay i see what you're saying and yeah you're right i i did like i kind of all i thought all of that stuff was happening at the same time oh. um but anyway brian was like hey let's watch the next episode so we watched episode three um how long is tonight it? each episode is like an hour long i mean like epi- how many episodes oh how many uh i'm not 100 percent sure i okay. want to say 10 but i don't know if that i don't know that that's right yeah, I hadn't really, uh... Oh! Duh. I, uh, have been watching the anime adaptation of Chainsaw Man. Oh, how is that? It's good. The first episode actually premiered the day of our last record, and I just didn't bring it up. But, okay. Uh, they just finished up the fight with the Bat Devil. Mm-hmm. Which it was like the end of volume one of the manga. So, mm-hmm. they're moving at a fairly brisk clip, I think... Like, of the story that exists now, they'll probably get through, like, the first 11 volumes in, like, maybe two seasons. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the production quality on it's really strong, too. It's doing an interesting thing where, like, each episode has a different ending credits. So, like, a different Hmm. song and different animation and whatnot. Cool. So, yeah, it's definitely a recommend. I mean, obviously, it's uh, how your tolerance for violence going from like comics to like moving image is gonna mm-hmm. gonna de- depend on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm enjoying it. Okay. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. Yeah, I I just went out and got my uh, blood drawn for labs for my physical this Friday, and then. Uh, did a little light shopping around town after that, so mm-hmm. nothing all that much to write home about. But um, yeah, I'm ready to talk some books if you are. Yeah. Do you read anything else apart from this week's challenge? I read one other book, and I guess it's more of like a novella because it was super, super short. I got through it in like I read through it in like an hour, maybe two. That's cool. Um. Let's see here. Looking for the screenshot. Here it is. It is The Tomb by Adrian Blue. Okay. Is that... uh, When was it written? I'm not sure when the copyright date is. Okay. I just... That that sort of... I, I, I didn't get a sense of like what it was about or when it was set based on. Okay. So the title is actually kind of misleading because um, I don't think the story has anything to do with a tomb. And the cover is really terrible, not going to lie. Oh, okay. Because um, it's of like this really hot woman and like a monster. Oh. <laughs> like actually like a creepy monster, not like a sexy monster. Right. Um, but the tomb is about... Well, first of all, it takes place within the universe of, like, the Carpathian lore. Is that like If you're at all familiar with that, no, not like Ghostbusters. Oh. 
So, and this book reminded me a lot of like a series. Um, I'll have to look up who, um, t who it was that wrote it. But it reminded me of a series that like me and my friends in college would like pass the books around um, and take turns reading them and talk about them. Uh, okay. But basically, the Carpathian lore or Carpathian like storytelling is it's kind of like vampires, except, well, I mean, it's basically vampires, but it takes place in Eastern Europe in the Carpathian Mountains. And, um, and the Carpathians are a species of being who have to subsist off of blood and are essentially immortal unless they are exposed to sunlight or they are burned or decapitated. That's pretty much the only way you can kill them. Okay. Um, and some of them have like supernatural, other supernatural gifts. Um, like I remember in one of the books, uh, the daughter of a Carpathian pair, like she was able to shapeshift. Okay. And so she made her living as a magician. Sure. Because she could, you know, turn herself into a tiger and like that would be her show. Okay. Uh, so the, so this short story was not, was similar in that it told the story in a similar way. The tenets of like the folklore were the same, but none of the characters were the same. No side characters were the same. It was obviously written like much, much later than the series I'm talking about. Um, and I think the girl's name is Remy. Yeah. I think that's what her name is. And you never know what the, what the, what the Carpathian's name is. You never know what his name is. Um, but basically the, the story is Remy is living in America. Her father has died. He was indebted to like the local mafia who came after her and were like abusing her and basically were holding her responsible for his death, for his debts. And so she was like, they're going to kill me because there's just no way I can get this amount of money together in the time frame they want it. So she gets a job at like a little bed and breakfast in like, you know, middle of nowhere, Carpathian mountains in like Romania. And so she just takes off. All right. And, um, so she goes and she is basically going to be like the, uh, like the springtime caretaker Okay. when they don't really have any business. And the only directive that her boss gives her is like, don't go into the woods because there's something out there. They're not safe. Right. And so a puppy shows up at the bread, at the bed and breakfast. And so Remy takes it in, they bond, it becomes her pet. And then the dog runs off into the woods. Yes. And she goes after the dog because she doesn't want anything to happen to it. The dog leads her to an old abandoned, like, church. She falls through the floorboards. She is in the process of dying when the monster finds her. And then all of a sudden, she's not about to die anymore. And they begin a relationship. Okay. So, uh, how was it? Um, it was consistent. Okay. 
and what I mean by that is like for the most part the monster does not speak he does not speak until the very very end um, there there's really like no way I don't know it, it's mostly like nonverbal communication between Remy and the monster or the Carpathian okay. um, and it's very very short Right. So, I mean, like, it was fine. It, it was so short that it's kind of, it's one of those things that it's like, I don't know if this was good or not. Sure. So that's why I feel like if I say it's consistent, that's like the highest compliment I can give it. Okay. Well, that's fine. And you said it was a pretty quick grade? Yeah, it was super quick. I mean, it was like 3,000-ish words. Oh, wow. Like, it was, it was like super quick. It was like a short story. Yeah, it was super quick. Okay. Uh, but that was the only other thing I read besides the book for our challenge. All right. Well, I've uh, mostly been working, well, not really working through a backlog, more like uh, rereading my uh, uh, certain collections of uh, manga. Um, got mm -hmm. this one series called Flying Witch, which is sort of like a modern day fantasy sort of slice of life about. Uh, witch who moves out to the country to live with her cousin's family while she studies like like spells and potions and whatnot but it's mm -hmm. not like hogwarts or anything it's like she goes to a regular high school and then just in her free time she like has a mentor that meets her semi-regularly and gives her assignments and she does research and does farming and stuff so and then as the series has gone on and as the uh, artwork has improved, uh, the fantastical elements have gotten progressively more ambitious. So mm -hmm. uh, it's been a very fun series to stick with over the years. And I just went back and sort of read through a bunch of the volumes I had uh, in the lead up to getting into some of the ones I just purchased recent recently. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Okay. Let's see. I guess that's that's a good break point. Um, so I wanted to return to the Carpathian thing real quick because I just looked it up. So the Carpathian series is a series of 37 books. Wow. Written by Christine Feehan, which she is a pretty, like, she's a big wig in the paranormal romance department. Okay. And the, the, the first book in the series was published in 99. Oh, wow. Uh, is it ongoing or is it all wrapped up? I think it's all wrapped up okay. because she has written, she is currently writing like so many other books. That that was the Carpathian? Is that just what it's called, the Carpathian? Uh, I think it's like, I think it's technically the Dark series. Okay. Because on Goodreads, it's marked as Dark number one. Okay. I guess we can uh, move on to our challenge then. Uh, do you want to, uh, after a quick break? Sounds good. Alrighty. And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine. Uh, it's time to talk reading challenge. Uh, this week, uh, I'm always, I'm always forget whether or not the person who assigns the challenge recounts it or if the person who was assigned it does. I feel like we have been doing the person, not the person who was assigned. Because okay. I feel like every time I issue a challenge, you end up talking about it. Okay. So do you want to go ahead and tell us what you were assigned this week? I will do my best. 
Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So our challenge was Mickey Seven by what's his name? Edward Ashton. Yeah. Um, and it is a science fiction novel about so uh the main character is named Mickey Barnes and he is on a colonization uh project, colonization mission, I guess. Yes. Uh, and he is the mission's expendable, which is the reason why he is called Mickey Seven, is because he is the seventh incarnation of himself. Right. So what hap- So basically what happens is his consciousness and personality have been imprinted into a computer um, and, uh, and either the same computer or a different computer has his biological makeup and basically the 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 colonists uh the leaders of the colony send him out to do the work that is potentially a suicide mission because they can just if he dies they can just create another him yeah um so the problem with Mickey 7 is the beginning of the book opens. He has fallen through like a hole in the ice and his best friend, Berto, um, won't come down to get him. Cause he's basically like, yeah, you're too far down. I'm not going to risk my life when we can just like create another one of you. It's, you know, you're on your own. Right. And, and at first Mickey's just like, all right, you know, I get it. I'm not happy about it, but I get it. Well, then Mickey decides, no, I'm not going to freeze to death. Um, so he starts going through the tunnels of, of the planet where that they're trying to colonize. And he runs into one of the natives, which is basically, from the description, like a giant millipede-looking thing. Yeah. And instead of killing him, the millipede picks him up and deposits him close to the dome. Which is where they're settled. Which is where they're settled. And he makes his way back inside. Well, they have already created a new incarnation. So now there is Mickey 7 and there's Mickey 8. And the thing is, is you can't have more than one expendable. Like, you can't have multiple copies of people running around the colony. So that is where kind of the adventures ensue. Yeah. I mean, adventures, you know, in quotes, because... That aspect of the story is fairly, uh, like, contained, I would say. Yeah. This book, I would say, falls into a genre of sci-fi that I really quite enjoy, typically. Which is the, uh, like, uh, the space base or spaceship-based sci-fi narrative. Basically, in the vein of, like, Murderbot. Mm-hmm. How all those stories, you had characters on spaceships dealing with problems or on alien planets in space stations be dealing with problems. This is sort of in that vein. Uh, there's some like fun techno babble about like how they're trying to get certain systems online and how the infrastructure of the dome is established and like mm-hmm. the, the hierarchies of power between all the different like, crews and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, by and large, that that sort of storyline is really just focused on Mickey 7 and 8 sort of keeping 
their secret under wraps. Yeah. And then having to deal with, like, incursions from the alien race and whatnot and uh, finding out what that's all about. Yeah, um, and I will say that the beginning of the book very much reminded me of Murderbot. Sure. But by the end of the book, I was very much reminded of Ender's Game. Ender's Game. Okay, I've never read that. I have read it, and I have watched the movie. Mm-hmm. And they're both good. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard guess the movie term- was pretty good. Yeah, the movie is good. Like, I would recommend the movie. Now, is the movie exactly like the book? No. Okay. Um, because Ender's Game is actually the first book in the Ender series. Right. I, I know about but, those. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie Ender's Game was like a one and done deal. Sure. Um, but yeah, so Ender's Game is a really, really good book. And at and the end of and like the end of this book reminded me of the end of Ender's Game. Right. And so. we don't we I don't know like how far I don't think we want to go too deep into spoilers because uh, no. Although, although as far as like plotting is concerned i feel like there's a good bit lumped into the back third of this one yeah i agree and that way it's kind of like uh uh, mexican gothic where it was like the last hundred pages or so where things really started popping off yeah whereas i mean there's certainly like events and stuff where the main plot line is concerned but uh things don't really come to a head until that final point and Mm -hmm. uh I think maybe, you know, just sort of, you know, maybe a sort of a foot tapping sort of impatience with that kind of plotting really made me mm-hmm. appreciate more the world building chapters. Yeah. So the structure of the book is basically you've got the mainline plot of Mickey Seven falling through the ice through to him having to deal with having a clone of himself running around. And uh, everything around that includes chapters about his life prior to going on the mission uh, basically all the flashback stuff involving him and his life before the first chapter and then also you get these various shorter segments where Mickey is I think by trade a historian mm-hmm. and uh, much of his fascination in this book uh, as makes sense is like with other uh, human endeavors into colonizing alien worlds and so you're just given like a broad overview of like momentous like attempts at colonization both successful and failed mm-hmm. and each of these is also like their own kind of self-contained high concept sci-fi short story yeah yeah so i really i really liked i really liked the pacing of this book because as I'm sure our listeners have noticed I have been in quite the reading slump and I mean I, this book was a breeze to like read through well, I'm happy to hear it um, I really thoroughly enjoyed it that's cool and, uh, um, I hated his best friend oh yeah no Berto sucks yeah I hated his best friend his girlfriend seemed cool yeah and there's another character who uh, is introduced, I guess, sort of more midway through the book, named Cat. And she, and she's uh, she's interesting. I feel like you're sort of yeah. taking on a 
I think you're sort of taken back and forth with her as the story goes on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And oh, Marshall. Um. Yeah. <sighs> like the leader of the colony is basically a fascist, but for some reason they don't really have that word in the future, so nobody just comes out and calls him a fascist. Yeah, he's the but, worst. Yeah. So, uh, and it's interesting how, like, those are sort of your main five cast members, and then, like, ancillary characters will be given names, but, like, if this were a television show, that would be sort of like your main cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and didn't you say that this is being, per- like, made into a movie? Yes, I said that, uh, I think Bong Joon-ho was looking into doing a film adaptation, although... Just going off of his sort of, uh, the tone of a lot of his movies, uh, I would have to say there'd be substantial alterations with whatever he, uh, winds up doing with the, I imagine it's more of like a premise remake or adaptation where he just takes the idea of an astronaut being cloned to go on dangerous missions and whatnot. Yeah. uh, To like certain dramatic extremes. For those who don't know, uh, Bong Joon-ho was the uh, director of Parasite and The Host and a bunch of other movies. They all sort of like, like sort of play with genre tropes or operate off high concepts. And this one certainly like feels like a good fit for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I really did. Yeah. And uh, I saw where there's a, a sequel. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a direct sequel or if it's like a, a in-continuity side story. Right. Right, because it, it didn't look like it was like a full-on, like, follow-up book. So much as it looks like, in the way that, like, Harrow the Ninth is a sequel to Gideon the Ninth. Mm-hmm. It looked more like, uh, just like, set within the Mickey Seven universe. Yeah. Which, you know, like I mentioned, the book has some pretty solid world-building on the edges that I could see him wanting to do some stuff with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the whole time, because I was like, okay, this is going to be made into a movie. And the whole time I was like, this would be a good movie. Or a good show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean there is some, obviously, I think, elements that need fleshing out. Because, uh, well, we're only ever really, ha- despite there being like two Mickeys running around, we're only given the perspective of one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like there's certain events and uh, maybe characters that would need to be more highly dramatized or fleshed out uh, mm-hmm. if they were going to do a more direct telling. Especially like later in the book when events will happen more or less off screen and then you'll mm-hmm. sort of go back after the fact and learn like what happened or what somebody did or did not tell someone. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, that's a dramatic conceit that uh, writing can do that I think... Uh, you got to be a little tricksy to play up in movies. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to say about it? I just really liked it. I liked it, too. And uh, I think, I don't know that if this was his first book or not, uh, Ashton Edwards. but mm-hmm. uh, Or Edward Ashton. But, I mean, I'd certainly be down for checking out whatever else he, he has done or will do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was that, and... Um, We'll have another reading challenge up for you, but first, you want to get into some word totals? Yeah, sure. Alrighty. Alright. 
So I read two books for a subtotal of 90,725 words, right. which brings my total for the year to 7,325,578 words, which puts me at 78, I'm sorry, 73% of my word total from last year. Okay. And I read uh, Just Mickey 7, which gave me 86,860 words. And that puts my current word total at 4,023,279, which puts me at 90% of my word total from last year. Dang. So I'm, I'm definitely looking like I'm on pace to surpass it. Yep. yep. Yeah, and uh, the next book I've got us assigned here, it looks to be a bit longer than Mickey 7, so that'll definitely help with the word count total. And okay. uh, I hope you enjoyed reading this because it's another sci-fi book. And in fact, uh, it's got a, a similarity to another book we've read for this show. You, I spoke about the Murderbot series earlier. And mm -hmm. I remember that episode from last year where I had you read like the whole series. Yeah, that was uh, exhausting. I'm sorry about that. Did you at least enjoy those books? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, uh, as, as you might recall, around the time we recorded that episode, I think maybe just before we recorded, um, the novel that Martha Wells had written for the Murderbot series Network Effect uh, mm -hmm. won the Hugo Award for Best uh, Sci-Fi Novel. Mm -hmm. So for this challenge, I'm going to be recommending us, I'm going to be assigning us another Hugo winner. Okay. It is the, I believe, the 2000 and uh, the 2021 uh, Hugo winner. It is uh, okay. called A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martin. And it is the first of a duology that, uh, much like the Shattered Earth trilogy before it, I believe both volumes in the duology have been, have like won the Hugo. Okay. But uh, I'm just assigning us the first one, because the second book is called a piece called Des uh, a piece called Desolation, or a Desolation called Peace. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, have you heard about this on like Book Talk? Mm mm. I feel like I've seen a lot of people giving it a recommend, or uh, like shouting it out. So I'm looking forward to it, and it's got a blurb on the cover by Anne Leckie who wrote mm -hmm. the uh, Ancillary uh, Justice series. So, I'm looking forward to digging into it. I picked up a copy at the library today. Okay. And, uh, you know, there was a character in uh, Mickey 7 whose name was Arkady. Yeah, that did sound familiar. I guess, it uh, is it uh, uh, Russian? I feel like I've read books with know. Russian characters named Arkady before. Arcadi. Oh, and she's and she is a member of the LGBTQ. All right. Uh, demographic. Yeah. Uh, did I, it, yep. I'm seeing it on. Uh, I mean, I didn't realize she was a woman until I looked at the back cover just now. Because I guess so. I guess Arcadi's a a girl's name. Um. It says it says their pronouns are she her. So. All right. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, it says she lives in Santa Fe with her wife. 
the right. author Vivian Shaw. Vivian Shaw. That's that's a writer's sounding name too. What is that name? Sounds familiar. Alrighty, but uh, I picked up that book at the library. I also picked up Inspector or Inspection for uh, our challenge in the next episode. Okay. You uh, you assigned us Josh Mallerman's uh, Inspection, correct? Yep, sure did. Alrighty, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Me too. Well, I think I've I've started it once. I need to. I just have to restart it so it's ready for next time. That'll be cool. And I look forward to talking to you about it. And uh, I thank you for talking to me about this book and other things. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And we thank you all for listening out there. Hope you had a good time. Hope you continue to stick with us as the year gets to wind it down. And uh, Elizabeth, you want to let them know where they can find us? Yeah, so you can find us um, on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. You can find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com and you can email us suggestions, questions, or recommendations to yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. Sounds good. Alrighty, well I hope your field trip planning goes well. Thank you. I'm going to get that done over the next... I got, I'm going to turn it in by Thursday. That's good. So. Alrighty. Well, Alrighty. Talking more with you later. Say hey to Brian and the pets. I will. And as we say on this show, I say to you all goodbye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.